You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Flyers have been sidelined this week and perhaps longer due to COVID, and it kind of sucks. Join us as we talk about this week in Flyer-less hockey. Hey everyone, I'm your host with the most, Joe Gazarian, and considering the three of us have all had COVID, uh, we're definitely with uh, everybody in the league right now that's uh, that's feeling sick. Rest up everyone, get back soon. Yeah, I'm Mike Zawissa, and definitely sending good vibes to Bronner, Sani, G, and like you said, Joe, the rest of the NHL. It's it's not fun. I'm Matt Arenek, and it looks like Carson Wentz is an eagle for at least another day. And we also definitely just, yeah, just really gave people a run for their money with the changing up of the order there. They're probably super confused right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all, all in a day's work. Um, but like, like I said at the top, guys, there's not a ton of flyer stuff to get into. There is plenty of NHL news. we got a lot of stuff going on league-wide. Uh, before we get rolling, though, let's hear a, a quick word from our sponsor. Uh, two of the sport's most respected fighters step back into the octagon this weekend to compete for the welterweight title. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot of millions of dollars in total prizes for this weekend's fight. Uh, fantasy MMA is super easy. Just pick six fighters, stay under the cap, rack up points for advances, takedowns, and more. So put your MMA knowledge to the test and compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Don't forget about basketball and, of course, hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs this weekend. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit your withdrawals and your funds at your convenience. Uh, download the DraftKings app now. Use promo code THPN to get a shot at a million, millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit, uh, $5 deposit, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Crush it again, Joe. That's, uh, that's, yeah, man, I'm getting better at these. I'm, uh, I'm getting better each, each and every day. Uh, getting back to the ice, though, the Flyers season is, I guess, on pause for right now. Uh, the team has three players on the COVID list, including the captain. It seems like all this may have stemmed from the sabres Devil series or earlier in the season since those teams have both been really struggling with, with the virus as well. Just goes to show you how quick this thing can spread. Um, what are your guys' thoughts so far on the on the recent uh, pause, I guess you could say? It's not a stoppage yet. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate. I think I think we may have brought it up a couple times in, in episodes that, like, right, it seems like right after the Flyers series ended with the Devils, they had, like, five players go on the COVID list. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, wow, we uh, might have gotten away Dodged with one the there. Bullet. Yeah, but... Uh, Apparently that's not the case. So, plus they went in that matchup against the Caps. The Caps have a bunch of players on the list too. So, ah, it, it it is really tough, and it is it's even more tough, specifically for Bronner and G. They have two, they have young kids at home. Um, G's not going to be able to, I assume, be around his his one year old mm-hmm. uh, while he's quarantining. And I think you can't overstate. Like, I know Ilya Samsonov the other day said that he had trouble breathing. 
um, in the days after he, I guess, came out of having COVID. Um, you know, you can't overstate both the physical toll that it may have on players, but also the mental toll. I mean, being off the ice and then also being away from, from family too while they're quarantining. So just a tough situation and I'm sure we'll get into it in a few, but it seems like something's got to, something's got to give here. They, the league has to maybe reset and kind of figure out some better, some better protocols, but we will touch on that in a few. I don't know, Matt, what are, what are you, what is your take initially? Yeah, I think this is kind of the reason why you might've seen, um, Matt Niskanen retire, right? Is he might've kind of foreseen this is potentially what would happen during the season. It's obviously, it's tough to really, you don't know how people got COVID. So you're not going to speculate as to, to what they were doing, but you really can't control people's lives. They make their own decisions. Unfortunately, they may come in contact with people who they don't know where they've been. So it's tough. And like you mentioned, especially with, with players who have families, um, there's greater considerations at play. And even just from the game aspect, you're talking about being potentially out out of the rink for two weeks, and that's hard to come back. I mean, game shape goes away pretty ho- pretty quickly in hockey, as many people know. Um, so it is interesting to see how the how the league's going to combat this. It looks like they're just going to have teams that are able to play play each other in perpetuity. So that's going to be interesting to see how that creates some. Uh, some some battles between teams but yeah i mean I, I like like you guys reiterated i wish them all the best and hopefully no one has any serious complications because it impacts everyone differently so yeah and just real quick you i mean we, we've all had it and um you know i know all of us were being safe and we're doing everything we can in our power not to get it but it's one of those things that you just you know we still have to live our, our daily lives we have to go to the grocery store you got to get gas like all of these things that, you know, you come into contact with, with the public that's also been there, there's not much you can do. Um, and the Flyers-wise, you know, you can see why a lot of people were hesitant to to go into a bubble because that's such a long time to go into a bubble. And these guys have, have put, you know, they, they put their families at, at risk to this because they're, they're playing in multiple cities and different areas and all this stuff, so... You know, anyone who's complaining about the Flyers stopping play right now or the league stop playing, just it's absurd. Um, th- these guys have, have put a lot on the line to make sure that we are entertained. Um, this is, you know, this is not the end of the world for, for anybody that they can't play a game right now. So, finger crossed, everybody's feel better. You said, Mike, that no one else has tested positive today from the Flyers, right? Yeah, no more no more additions to the list, for at least for now. So, that's, that's good. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a bitch, man. It, it can be tough. Um, jumping to the rest of the league, I mean, it's it's not just the Flyers that are going through this. It's, it's a lot of other teams. Uh, you got New Jersey, you've got uh, Minnesota, also struggling. You mentioned the Caps already. Um, so Minnesota's up to thirteen players as of right now. It is it is Wednesday evening, um, and then I saw I think. Uh, what was the team? Someone just lost two players. New Jersey just took two off of their list, so they're down to seventeen now. So some progress. I think Colorado was Colorado was struggling with it too. Vegas recently. Well, Vegas had, had one in the middle of the game. last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. middle of a game. So, uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, what do you guys think league wide? Obviously, this, like I said, it's not just the Flyers' problem. This is across the country. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you might. I think since I think since right now it seems to be really bad. Um, 
I agree. Like, there's not much you can do for about players in their personal lives. Like, obviously, they've still got to live and all that. But I think, I think honestly, Lee could benefit from taking like a a week or a two week break and just kind of like looking at what their plan is right now. And at the very least, like try to implement rapid testing or something like that. Um, because we're having games that are being played <laughs> with positive tests, positive tests coming back after the fact, like, like that Vegas yesterday, they had two tests come back positive during the game. Like that's, that's just, that's a recipe for disaster. So, I mean, you could also look at it and say that maybe they don't need a pause because, you know, baseball finished the season, the NFL finished the season, but I don't know. I, you're, you're getting the point now where the NHL has already had an adapted schedule in place. So now you've got like St. Louis and Arizona, I think, are going to play each other, what, seven times in a row <laughs> this, this coming week or that's something? That's got to like, be insanity. Uh, yeah. And that, and that's like a major, that's a major change to your schedule, right? Like that's a stretch of games that can basically just define your season. Um, 100%. I don't know. I think, I think even, even just letting current players who are, who have it take the two weeks and just reset, I think that could be helpful. And then add on to the fact, maybe get some more guidelines in, but I don't know. I I'm sure they've got, I'm sure they've got more informed people working on it, but yeah, I think it's tough. I mean, that's with the rapid test. What is it? 70% accuracy, right? So they're less accurate Mm. than the other tests. So there's no one, there's no one solution. Like you mentioned, you can't control their lives outside of the rinks. You don't really know what they're doing. Obviously, it's not a coincidence that the Capitals players who got it probably hang in the same circle, if we're willing to guess. That's just pure speculation on my end, though. Um, but yeah, it, it's. I think they knew what they are getting into. Everyone involved did. From a business standpoint, the league is not going to stop the season. They're going to continue on. They committed to 56 games from a sponsorship level, from a TV deal level. They're going to go through with this regardless whether people like that or not. And like you said, I think it really just comes down to as long as they're advising with medical professionals and they're actually taking the advice, I think that's the most they can do. Um, it's just shitty because obviously, like you mentioned, it's it's impacting not just the players, it's impacting their families um, and the people that are involved in the sport as well. So that's it's an important consideration, but I just, don't, I just really don't see what differently they can do without knowing the intricate kind of guidelines they already have in place yeah and also just kind of looking at the other leagues when they started up especially baseball um you know that they had a similar kind of hump that they had overcome in the beginning once they kind of figured it out it was it was definitely smoother sailing because if you remember the phils when they played i think it was miami and then, like, right after they played Miami, <laughs> came out, there like, 15 people in Miami tested positive for COVID. And you're just like, oh, my God, all right, like, we have to reset. And they clearly worked on it, and they, they got it under control, and they kind of had, you know, just a, a smoother season after that early hump. So maybe that's what the NHL is facing now, where it's similar, where they've got, you know, they don't have the exact right protocols in place right now, and they're going to learn from it and put in stricter ones and increase testing or, or do whatever they can. Um, but it seemed like a lot of leagues learned a lesson early and then kind of figured it out as they went on. The NHL, some people could argue that they had that with the bubble, but it's different with a bubble as opposed to, you know, traveling constantly. 
Um, it's it's a whole different ball game. So we'll see. I'm sure Gary Bettman is just just getting screaming, or he's probably doing the screaming at his his operations team, whoever they are, uh, to increase as much as they can across the league to, like I said, kind of get this under control. But it's a pandemic, so you're just gonna have to take I your mean, lumps. You got Pierre LeBron already talking about, you know. The, the season not potentially reaching 56 games for some teams. So I could see that happening. I, it's very possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and then, uh, then it comes to the whole, we kind of talked about it. Uh, I think it was last time we finished up recording. I, I like, how are you going to open that can of worms with point percentage and stuff like that? Like, you know, how are you going to determine who makes the playoffs? Are you going to have another play in, you know, I, I would not be surprised if that ends up happening. Yeah. 56 games. I was going to say, I tough. think that's probably the easiest solution. That's what they did the year before. So, but again, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. It's it's unfortunate and it sucks we can't watch watch our, our flyers play, but there's obviously a lot more important things to, to consider then. Agreed. And our there's still there's still news uh going on across the league. I mean just it, it hasn't stopped. Uh our, our <laughs> I guess you could say your my worst nightmares come true. Um <laughs> you know <laughs> Ron Hextall. Pierre McGuire's favorite son is he's got a new home and it's in Pittsburgh. Uh, I've seen a lot of people kind of just go into two camps with this one. Either they think it's a great hire by the pens like me, or they think it's a horrible hire. Um, I, I, for all his demerits when he was here, I think Ron did a really good job of, of recognizing young talent. Um, that's probably his greatest strength. Uh, and the penguins, I would argue probably need a bit of that with, with, you know, where they're going to be drafting, the picks that they have. Um, and I think he was pretty good at offloading some contracts while he was here too. Uh, but what about you guys? What are, your, what are your takes on Hextall being the GM of the Penguins? Do you have a take, um, Mike? All right. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's a good hire. I mean, I think they – I think the initial reaction is, well, that's it. The, the window is now closed and Pittsburgh knows it. I think you – you could think that potentially, but they still have Crosby and Malkin and they still have some good players. So they're going to be competitive ish over the next couple of years. Um, and I think them bringing in Brian Burke was a way for them to kind of try to stem those fears. I personally am beside myself that Brian Burke is, is back uh, in the executive booth for an NHL team. I think his, I think his time in the sun is is just about over in the NHL. I I don't I love I don't get back. it. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, From a detriment I to the team. Yes, I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think overall, Hextel, I agree, Joe. Like what you said, the Pens have no pipeline whatsoever. Besides, I mean, Po Joseph is their best prospect, and he's on the team right now currently. So and they they're pretty draft. thin. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they're pretty thin. Um, I think that. He's going to do a great job of re, re, uh, supplying the the prospect pool, and he'll probably do some savvy moves along the way where he'll ditch some you know less good players for some slightly better players, and also pick up a pick along the way. And he'll probably keep the Pens. I mean, the Pens are good enough to remain like a playoff bubble team. So uh, I don't know. I in my opinion, like Penns fans that are worried about the window closing, in my opinion, there's a lot of moves that would have to be made for the Pens to actually be back into contender status. Like 
basically you would have to overhaul the defense and bring in like three legitimate top four defensemen and you probably need to add in like at least three more bottom six players it it feels like it would be a lot so I think it might be time to just enjoy the last few years of Crosby and Malkin that you can and get excited for having you know an incredibly deep young roster in the next I don't know five seven years or so which that's gonna be that might be a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people yeah yeah i agree i mean he 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 came out and said that he's not a one-trick pony ron hextall I saw in that, terms yeah. of, i'll see it when i yeah like i'll believe it when i see it i should say because exactly what you said he's not i mean we could be 100 percent wrong he could start coming in wheeling dealing and making some moves but the problem is you can only do that if you have the pieces to deal with they have no picks they've traded pretty much every pick they have within the next like year or so i want to say but and who can they really trade i mean you can talk about trading with tang they have some some good pieces in dumlin and marino and petterson kind of in their defensive side and pierre uh, oliver joseph but like you're saying like you don't really have unless you trade Malkin and they get a haul for him. That's really the only way in which I can see them making the shift from bubble team to a uh, a certified, guaranteed playoff contender. And they also still have to figure out the goaltending situation. I mean, they don't have a starting goaltender. Whether whether you want to admit it or not, I mean, it's pretty obvious so far that. They bet on a small sample size with Christian Jari, and that wasn't the right right move. So I'm ex- I, I'm happy for him. A lot of Flyers fans were mad. I'm mad because I think he'll do a good job drafting and creating a, a very deep team in the future. But like you mentioned, that window is closed. Unless he does something that surprises us, I know you can never count out Sidney Crosby, but if you don't have a goalie, you don't have a bottom pair defense and you have a terrible fourth line, I mean, it's not happening. Yeah, you, you guys sound like Ron Hexel's the Grim Reaper. <laughs> he's just, death is at the Penguins' door. Um, no, I, he's he's the, he's gonna, he's like the Phoenix. He's gonna, they're gonna burn down, and then he's gonna lift them back up. Okay. That's how I, yeah, yeah. that's too much credit, I guess. No one in hockey is that no, he's good not, doing anything. Yeah. Um, no, um. I, I was just going to say, I, I do, like I said, I, at the top, I like the hire. I think that the Penguins clearly, they're going to need to draft well in later rounds, you know, especially in, in the near future. Because, like Matt and you've said, they've traded all their picks. You know, he's kind of coming into a situation that the Flyers were in um, when he took over for the Flyers. It's a lot, a lot of similarities, a lot of, of vets on, on bigger tickets and, you know, fan favorites, Briere, Hartnell, you know. They're not as good, clearly, as Crosby or Malkin, but, you know, there's big personalities in the city that we all loved, and he had to make some tough decisions. Um, I did listen to 31 Thoughts today, um, Ellie Freeman and um, uh, Jeff Merrick, and they had Brian Burke on, and he talked about the hire. Uh, it sounds like, um, from what Burke said, they're giving it one last shot. Like, this is the year. They're, they're still going to go all in this year. Uh, they're going to look to add this year if they can. They're going to look to give it a run this year. And then they're going to reconvene and go over all options, you know, for the following year. So maybe after that they decide to 
make some bigger moves, but I don't expect anything. Well, I could be wrong. It's Brian Burke, but um, he <laughs> to give you give you an idea, they have their second round pick, their fifth round pick, and three sevenths. Yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, what they get rid of their second and a fifth for a player at the deadline still doesn't yeah, change I mean, the fact as as we see with the Flyers, like we are not the same team, and the, a big reason for that is because we don't have a bottom defensive pair. Mm-hmm. I mean, and what does what does the what does going all in this season entail for the Penguins? Like, I agree, Matt. Like, bringing back Mark Andre Fleury. I mean, that, that would that would be something. That would you, be I would, I honestly going in face if, first. If there are odds on that, I would put some. I would lay some money down. Uh, your, that your GameStop gains on that. Exactly. <laughs> There's always another bet. It's a Fugazi. It's a Fugazi. <laughs> Fairy dust. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I real it, quick. I hope is, they go all in because that'll make them worse for the future. <laughs> Mike, what were you gonna say? Because I, I, I just had a, like a, a quote that I wanted to talk about from from the podcast I listened to from Elliot. Sure. Yeah. No. I, I just wanted to say I think it's, I think I, I think in, in my opinion it's a little tacky to see Flyers fans being like so down on Ron Hextall um after this news like i i totally understand the flyers came away from hextall's what five years uh without a, without a playoff series win to show for there you know there really wasn't anything that you could hang your hat on and be like you know they did this during his tenure but he built a hell of a team even if the flyers aren't going to win anything this year based on the way they're playing obviously that can change they still have a lot of picks and prospects and and players that are set up for years to come so i mean he ron hextall came in and did what he set out to do so i don't know i i i don't think he's i don't think he he, flyers a lot of flyers fans seems to think that he like turned the team irrelevant and that like he was the like you said joe the grim reaper for this franchise i don't know i i don't see it that way but it, it is what it is people can have people can have their thoughts they're bad thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Just real, real quick before we pivot to the rest of the league, because we still had other things happening. Um, listening to the podcast, Elliot did emphasize that, and he put it in his thirty-one po- uh, thirty-one thoughts the blog po- uh, the, the 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 blog post as well. Um, I'm going to read it. It says at the end of Tuesday's briefing, Hextall was asked about the Flyers Penguins rivalry. Hextall said, "I love rivalries." A big smile widening across his face. I love hating the other team. It's what makes sports special. And then Elliot goes on to say, there were a lot of hard feelings on both sides with his exit from Philadelphia. If nothing else, this throws another Carolina pepper on the menu. Carolina. Uh, makes me, I think he meant like Carolina me, Reaper, uh, I think is what he's trying yeah. to get at. But um, I, I, there, I, I mean, if you guys remember, there were a lot of um, like stories coming out after Hextall got let go as to why. And I'm sure there is some bad blood, but I don't know how much you can – really take on as as like a gm you know it's what, what, what kind of pain are you going to inflict on the other team unless you rob them of a trade and the flyers and penguins don't trade so yeah, they're not going to trade and, it and, makes me sad that he may have bad like memory or you know what i mean like yeah bad 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 lingering emotions toward the flyers because he really was ron hextall is, is a guy that encapsulates what it, what means, it means to, be, means a to be a flyer so that is kind of sad but yeah it, it is I mean, sad I don't know. He has to take some personal responsibility, though. 
Oh yeah, hundred you, percent. You tie well, yourself he, he, to an anchor and you're mad. You're mad. You're drowning. Like, come on. Yeah. So I will you tie see. yourself to Dave Haxtell and you think that, <laughs> like, Eddie and Laperriere, who, two yeah, giant Jesus. anchors weighing him down. <laughs> There's uh, just no yeah. other way to beat around that bush than he got himself fired. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of demerits through, through Hexy years. A lot of great times, too. Uh, it, it, we mentioned it could be painful for the Penguins in the short term, but long term, I think the three of us can agree it, it'll probably help them out. Um, speaking of, of short-term discomfort, though, we've got another story out of Columbus. Um, you get Patrick Laine and you bench him for the third. Uh, Miko Koivu also is retiring out of nowhere, seemingly. Um, and Torch is telling reporters not to ask the players questions about benching. What the hell's going on? Uh, it feels, <laughs> feels like Torch is, Torch is, uh, is, is Custer's last stand here. I don't know what the hell he's doing, but um, it's interesting. Um, we kind of joked, by the way, when they made the deal. I was like, hey, Patrick, you know, welcome to Columbus. It's just like Winnipeg, but it's not as cold. <laughs> I don't really know what the difference was. So <laughs> what do you guys think? What the hell's going on in Columbus? It's it's a go ahead, Matt. I'll let you start. No, you, did you see like the reason today why he was? Yeah, benched? yeah. I I didn't. I didn't. So I would like to know what it was. Why did they bench Line A? Oh, you want me to go? Okay, yeah. So I mean, from what I saw, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. It was he disrespected a coach. Yeah, quote unquote disrespected. So he probably said some choice words for someone telling him probably to back check or something like that. If I had a guess. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it sounds like he took ownership. Line did of his actions and he said he was rightfully benched. Um, but again, it's like, this is exactly what we expected. I mean, it kind of sheds a different type of light that maybe Winnipeg's Winnipeg fans saw that most mm-hmm. of the other league didn't, that he's kind of a little bit of a, a spoiled brat. Almost. He, he, he thinks things should be done his way or the highway. And maybe certain superstars get that treatment and he's, maybe just too young to get that yet, or he hasn't proven enough to to get that. But, I mean, you don't disrespect a, a coach in a professional setting. That's that's a pretty obvious yeah. no-no. And it stinks for, for Columbus fans because I think everyone except for them saw this coming. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You, you go ahead, Mike. That, that's all I have. No, I mean, it, it did – in a way, this will sound weird, but it, it was kind of a letdown to see today that the reasoning was he was he maybe had some back talk for a coach because I think we were all kind of like frothing at the mouth to be like, oh, Torts is that up to his old tricks again? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I I think that's it's probably warranted, I guess, benching the guy for the the rest of the game if you as a coach, a manager, were like, yeah, I don't like the way he treated a superior, whatever. That's probably warranted, but. I do think we're I don't know. I I think this has to be this has to be brutal for for Columbus fans to see this. I mean, the writing is on the wall already. It seems like they're already off to a bad start. You know, Lane could do 9 out of 10 things right over the next couple weeks and that one time he does something wrong, he's probably going to be back in the doghouse, warranted or not. Um I I don't I can't see I can't see him sticking around. We we said this before. We can't see him wanting or enjoying playing for John Tortorella and you know, I again with the other news coming out too, Miku Koivu retiring, we don't want to put that on towards Koivu said it has nothing to do with that. He just hasn't been able to get up for hockey uh this season, which 
I get. I can believe that hundred percent. Yeah, spent his whole career in Minnesota. Um, it's a weird season, COVID, a lot of other concerns, but he's banked. It's just he's got a lot of money in the bank. He don't need to do this. He could just say, "I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. going back to Finland." Enough of this. It just seems like, it just seems like everything's going wrong in Columbus. And and add on to the fact that Torts just straight up told the media, "Don't ask the players about any of this stuff." Like. My guy, that is literally their job. Like that—that that is what they're there to do. So, I don't know. It's not. This is not going to be a happy ending out of Columbus. Silver lining is Jake Rasselvik looks very good for them in a small sample Yeah, Jay, yeah. The, he, looks, um, he looks nice. The, I, I didn't know about this guy till this season. That Texier. Yeah, he's, he's nice too. He's a player. He looks really yeah. good. Um, so yeah, there there's some bright spots on the team. It stinks for for Liney that, I mean, he lost uh, another Finn. Uh, he lost a uh, you know. Someone who uh, I can't think of a really a better role model for Patrick Line than Koivu. I mean, I, he's been in the league for so long. Captain, he's Finnish. I mean, he, he can tell Patrick a lot. And for whatever reason, he decided, you know, from the myriad of the list we just had, there could be any of those that he decided to retire. But um, I remember, Mike, I think it was a pod that you and I had to do. I don't think Matt was on it. And your take was that everybody in Columbus would be gone at the end of the year. You said that um, Dubois yeah, would be yeah. gone. You said that uh, Torts. Torts would be gone. And, and Kekalainen. Kekalainen. So, um, I mean, if things continue to trend downward, I mean, I... I because at what, else, what else can that... What else can Torts do for that team besides what he did? Like, last year was probably the best you'll see out of Torts for that Columbus team. Like, 100%. barely getting them into the playoff and spot. they played they, they tampa might... hard man it was a yeah they did they, they really went for it what else can kekalainen do like he seems to be okay at drafting and he makes moves but then he's never able to, to retain these guys like I, I don't know they what else what else can that group do there if they wanted a shot at keeping patrick line exactly what you just mentioned has to occur yeah i mean there's a yeah. reason why and it probably isn't all because of just the coach the general manager it seems as though it probably a a large portion of it considering they mentioned something along the lines of that Kekalainen was tough to deal with in the negotiation process and then towards can be tough to deal with just as a coach in general I think his styles is better fit for like the college ranks where you don't really have the superstars who feel like they should be treated differently everyone's kind of treated in the same way and that's kind of how he treats his team and it's Definitely not a coincidence that the last two borderline superstars they have are having issues. Uh, and it's it's, it, I agree too. Like, Torts at this point may not be cut out for the league. In this, I mean, it's it's hard to say that about one of the winningest coaches currently yeah. in the league and everything. But like, you can't you can't get by in the NHL without having guys who are just going to buy into the system down the depth of your lineup i agree and torts always gets the most out of those guys but you also are not going to win by only having those guys like in the playoffs uh columbus was they won against the leafs and then they hung around against tampa so much because a lot of the reason was because of uh pierre luc dubois he stood on his head in that mm. especially in that leaf series yeah he was really and like good you, you need those game breakers uh in the in the modern nhl along with you know the I guess you could call like the, the the toothpaste part of the lineup where you just keep, you know, squeezing up the toothpaste tube and they, they keep giving you more. Like Torts always gets so much out of those guys, but he can't, it seems like he can't do anything. He, or he doesn't know how to manage the high end talent anymore. 
yeah, his floor and his ceiling are both capped. Yeah. Because of yeah. the way he treats superstars. And that and that's yeah. the conversation you have with a lot of coaches and why we think a lot of times it needs fresh blood is that people talk about, oh, you gotta make this guy a two way player. Do you? Does Travis Konechny really need to focus on his two way game as much if he's gonna provide you offense to yeah. the nth degree? I mean, that's a conversation we could have about a lot of coaches, not just unique to, to John Tortorella, but definitely interesting news. Didn't take long. That's nope. that's for sure. <laughs> nope. If, if yeah, I if Vegas put any odds out there, I would be shocked because uh, that was that was very very quick um, to to have already something go wrong. And I agree, Matt. Yeah, you know if. <laughs> Do you have a sports car? I'm not worried about taking it out in the winter because it's just not what it does. So why am I going to try and make it that? So I, I agree. Um, any any last thoughts across the league or we, should we wrap up for, uh, for for this one? Again, not a lot of Flyers talk, just not much we can do about that. I'm trying to think. You got anything, Mike? Uh, not really. I mean, things keep getting worse out in uh, Vancouver and – Calgary, I guess. Yes. And Edmonton. Oh, oh, that's I did want to bring that up. Montreal continues Ed- to to forge forward, by the way. My my pick yeah. is in Fuego. I should have put money on them, man. You should have. You should have. Uh no, I was gonna mention, I don't think I sent it to you guys. Edmonton with their first win when Dry Saddle and McDavid don't get a point since twenty seventeen. Wow. That's good. That that is like they, they should play? be relegated. Senators? Uh huh. I I think so actually. Yeah, and they got outshot <laughs> yeah. like two to one yeah. too. They got. Yeah. I was watching the end of that game. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, if if Flyers fans are looking for some games tonight, we have Toronto against Mont- Joe's Montreal Canadiens at seven thirty. That should be fun. Montreal, allez. And then Boston versus uh, <laughs> versus the Rangers. So if you haven't got a chance, like myself, I haven't really got to watch the Rangers play much this year. Um. We haven't played them yet, so maybe I'll give them a glance and see what uh, we can expect. Hopefully, at some point in this season. Yeah, we're, we're definitely uh, we're in some strange times across the league, guys. Uh, we're just gonna really have to kind of see, just wait and see what happens, what shakes out. The NHL's definitely been in talks with, with setting up COVID and, and protocols to make sure we get a more streamlined season. Like I mentioned, we've seen this with with other leagues. Uh, when they start up, they have kind of hiccups with COVID and then they kind of smooth it over and get the season going. Let's hope Gary and the gang get it together pretty quick so we can see the, uh, the orange and the black back on the ice soon. Check back in with us Monday. Hopefully we'll have some Flyers games to recap. Fingers crossed. But uh, have a great day, everybody.